Hey, 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 friends. Welcome to Grief Guidance. I'm your host, Kristen Hines, and on today's episode, we're actually doing something a little bit different and something that's a first for Grief Guidance, and that is having on a guest speaker. So I am super stoked about this. It's someone who I love, I cherish, and he means the world to me, and he's just everything. It's my wonderful and loving and beautiful husband, Benjamin Hines. And so I'm super stoked to have him on the podcast today to talk about our experience with miscarrying our first child. And although this conversation will be hard and it will be difficult to get through, I could not imagine having it with anybody else. And we already talked about it and we both believe that God, obviously it happened for a reason, and we believe that God wants us to speak upon our experience and share that with others so that others feel included if they ever have to go through this as well. And so again, I am super stoked to have him on the on the podcast and to be able to just share our experience and give you guys this episode. And so without further ado, let's get started. Welcome back, friends, to another episode of Grief Guidance. Thank you so much for being here and showing up for yourselves today and taking part in this conversation. I am so happy that you're here, like always, and so just thank you from the bottom of my heart. And like you heard from the intro, we do have a guest speaker on today, and I am so excited to have this conversation with my wonderful husband, Ben. And I'm not excited, obviously, to have a conversation about miscarriage because miscarriage is horrible and it's gut-wrenching. But what I am excited about is the fact that I feel so aligned to God's plan for me or what I guess what I think God's plan is for me. And I feel like whenever he gives me a loss, I know exactly what I need to do with it. And that is to help serve others and help others feel connected and supported and loved during times of complete distress, loneliness, and heartbreak. And so even with this miscarriage, I allowed myself time to process it, to feel through it. And now I feel like God's asking me to share our experience with miscarriage to you guys. What better way to talk about a loss than having it on grief guidance? And so I Again, I'm just really excited to have this conversation with my husband today because I feel like a lot of people also don't get a male perspective. I know that miscarriage uh, is predominantly talked about by women because we go through the physical act of having a miscarriage, but it does take a toll on men, men in general, our husbands and so and spouses. And so I am really excited to have him on and for Ben to speak upon his experience and the things that he was going through throughout this whole entire journey. And again, I'm just super stoked. So again, I want people to know that this is our experience. And so what will work for us might not work for you guys. And to just keep that at the forefront of your minds going forward. And also a trigger warning that I will be talking about my miscarriage not in detail, but I will be discussing like what happened and how it felt like just so that others can feel supported in their miscarriage journeys as well. And so just keep that again in the forefront of your mind going forward in case it might be triggering or alarming to you because I just want people to know that we will be discussing this. And so the episode is just going to be us talking about our conception journey, like 
how we decided we wanted to start trying for a family, the miscarriage itself, what it felt like, all the emotions that go around it, Ben's half of it, what he was feeling like during this whole entire thing, how I felt during this whole entire thing, and then how we're doing now and how we're moving forward with grace and love and acceptance and just living out God's plan. And so again, I'm super stoked. I'm doing a little happy dance over here because I am so excited to get Ben on the air live and in person. So let's get started started. Hey friends, we're going to jump right into it. I have Ben here with me. How are we doing everyone? And before we get started, you guys already know a lot about me, so I wanted to give Ben an opportunity to share a little bit about himself so that we get to know each other all a little bit better before diving into our conversation today. So Ben, all right. Um, not a lot to say about me. Uh, small town guy, born and raised Montrose, never left. Uh, I'm madly in love with my beautiful wife right here. I drive truck for my family's company. And in my spare time, I like to do some blacksmithing. And i got to say, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So the first part of this podcast, we're going to actually be discussing our conception journey and what, you know, triggered us to want to start having a family, our dreams and goals of all of that type of stuff. And just a little a couple of facts of how long it took, um, our emotions around it, and just things like that. Okay, friends, I'm going to be honest. I just listened to that back. And it feels very cringeworthy. Would you agree? Oh yeah, absolutely. It felt very rehearsed. Yeah. It kind of was. A you know, robotic. we're a little bit um nervous. Uh, <laughs> we've never done this together before, and regardless of how, you know, cool I may think I am. She is cool. I may think I am. Yeah, no, she's definitely cool. Um, it was just still hard. So this is, I feel like, the more appropriate version of ourselves. Yeah. You a little, know, a little more conversational. Yeah. So this is probably how it's gonna be. A little chaotic. And just a whole lot of, what do you want to call it? Screwing up? Screwing up. I'm going to messy, stumble over my messy. words. Yeah. That's a good way to describe it. So anyway, we're just going to start talking about basically the beginning of why and how we wanted to start a family. Because when I was younger, before Ben, I was convinced that I wasn't getting married and I wasn't having kids. But I believe that you were the opposite. Like you felt like you were going to get married and you wanted to have a family. Yeah, right? yeah. I always had a feeling growing up that I was going to, you know, be married, have a big family, got it in my head, I wanted to, you know, be a dad by 30, not sure where I, where I got that from, just picked a random number. Society. Yeah, society, that's a big one. <laughs> the pressures, the yeah. unrealistic pressures. <laughs> but, yeah, just, I, I always had it in my head that, you know, going to be, quote unquote, the head of a big family. Mm-hmm. And so, after we got married... Obviously, I did want to have a family, but I feel like a lot of people's pressures come into it. Like, we had so many people tell us, like, you have to wait, you have to wait, you can't have, like, like a family this quickly. And I think we listened to a lot of other people's opinions other than our own. Yeah. And I think that it came with pros and cons. I think there are, like, I'm glad we did wait because now I feel more settled in us. Like, I feel like we had to figure out a lot of stuff. I had to go through a lot of healing um, and growth than I think you did as well. I definitely had to go through some growth, some maturity. Mm-hmm. But I, ultimately, I think we both agree that it's 
God places us where we're going to be. Absolutely. And so I think moving forward, we just really have that on the forefront of our minds. Yeah. And so when we started have, like talking about actually starting a family, it was, what was it? December of 2020. Yeah. Yeah, just by or maybe year. November of 2020 is when we oh, yeah. started having conversations about it. And then in December of 2020 is when we actually started to trying to have a family. Yes. Yes. And so it was, it's was. it been basically a year uh, because what's December? It's December 1st. Second? First. <laughs> it's December 2nd. It's one of those days. It's anyway. sometime this month. Anyway, it's December. <laughs> so it's been a whole year of us trying to get pregnant and... It has been a roller coaster, y'all. An actual roller coaster. Understatement. Yeah. And so last December, we tried for the first time, and we felt like our world was coming, like, crashing down, at least for me, because you get told your whole entire life that if you have sex, you will get pregnant, and there is literally no way around that, when in fact, it is. it does not work like that. No. You not do not get pregnant the first time. I mean, don't get me wrong. This is not me telling people to go out and have, like, all this stuff. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, and some people do have sex and then get pregnant, but I feel like society and, like, every, like education in general on these, t- like, topics of, like, sex ed and just intimacy in general i think are completely misleading and misguided i would agree agree? i would absolutely agree with yeah and so like i said we were kind of panicked last december when we decided to start trying to have a family i feel like any new parents like not parents but any new people like like a married couple would be and so it took us a while to get just into like a rhythm of things and again we waited almost a year yeah right yeah Anyway, but um, in September is when I actually missed my first period and realized that I was pregnant, right, in December, like the end of September. And so I finally took a test because I missed my period and it came back positive. And do you want to, like, tell them just, like, maybe, like, how you felt when we got that, like, positive pregnancy test back? Absolutely over the moon. Um... Because it had been a while, like, you know, we've been, at that point, been trying for about 10 months. Yeah. It just, you know, it was starting to get discouraged, starting to feel like it might never happen. Mm-hmm. Feel like there might be something wrong. Yeah. And then, you know, just to, to see that positive test, it truly felt like a gift from God. Yeah. Um, it was, it's, there's something very, um, I don't know, otherworldly, I feel like, because every single month... You would take a test and it comes back negative and you do that every single month, like month in, month out, and it can become extremely discouraging. So It wears on you. Yeah, it does wear on you. So after 10 months of trying, getting that positive test back, it was such, you're right, it was such a gift from God. And we both, Ben was with me when we took it and we took videos of it and it was just (laughs) like... You know, we couldn't believe it. There were a lot of gasps and hugs and tears. And we were just super, super excited. Like, we wanted to tell everyone, but we didn't at that point. But we wanted to, like, tell everyone. And we were just so thankful that our prayers were answered. And it was just a very, very 
what do you want to call it? Elated? Happy time? Yeah. That'd be a good one. <laughs> Ben's uh, vocabulary is much better than mine, so I have to always look to him for all my spelling and my, um, what do you want to call it? Grammar. Grammar in general. <laughs> anyway, so at that time, we were just so excited, and that night, like, we wanted to call people and tell people, and we went on Amazon and bought, like, all those little gifts. Like, we got his parents a... Um, a little onesie that said like upgraded from like dog grandparents to human grandparents and we got my mom a onesie with like a little pumpkin on it and all these things and so we were just literally on cloud nine soaring like we were just so excited that we were finally going to be, be parents and it was just that whole day and I feel like week after was like too good to be true like we felt like it was just like is this actually real? Like, is this actually happening? Yeah, everything just kind of felt like it was, like, finally moving forward. Things were finally working. You know, our, our family was supposed to be what it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And so, it was just really, really a good time. And so, after the break, we're going to come back and discuss the miscarriage itself. And again, it's not going to be in detail. So, if you... This is another trigger warning for other people that if you've gone through a miscarriage or anything similar, you might want to just skip this segment of the podcast and move forward. But we're just going to discuss our emotions around it, how we felt, what happened, and all of that. And so after the break, we'll be right back. So after we were super excited about finding out that we were pregnant... And, you know, planning out basically our future and like our baby's future and all of this, we were just making all these plans. And then a couple weeks into my pregnancy, I started to have like spotting, like bleeding. And like I called my gynecologist and they just said like it could be normal, all these things. And so it was a really weird balance between trying to be realistic and also trying to remain hopeful that nothing was like wrong right and i feel like you did your best at trying to keep a level head but like you have to understand i feel like i'm the more realistic and like level-headed one i would agree of like the two (laughs) of us and so during this whole entire time like i feel like i had like i feel guilty about it now i feel like like looking back i think i always had like it felt like I always had one foot out the door. Like, I was like, you know, like, this spotting and bleeding is happening. Like, it could be bad. Right. And then you were like, well, no, like, we don't know anything, so let's just keep a positive attitude and positive <laughs> mind. But I felt like I always had that one foot that was, like, ready to run at, like, the first sign of, like, danger or right. badness. And so that, like, brings me some guilt now just thinking, like, oh, is that the reason, like, why it didn't stay? Or, like, is that the reason why we didn't, like, it, like why we miscarried? And I know that's not the case. No, definitely not. But sometimes it feels like that. And so after, like, all this, like, after I started spotting and bleeding a little bit and I called the gynecologist, I had to go for blood work, <laughs> like, a couple times a week for, like, I don't even know, almost was, a month. Yeah, it was just it, a month. Yeah, just to watch my levels and things. And so... After that, it was I, the day that we actually miscarried. I was around. I we don't we don't know the actual number of weeks. I think no. it was like seven ish. If we had a guess, the, like that's what average. we had it figured out too. Yeah. yeah, seven maybe going on eight, and um, it was a Wednesday, 
and Ben was at work and I came home because I worked like a half day and I was at home and I was actually recording one of these episodes and in the middle of the episode I started to experience extreme pain in my like lower abdomen and actually before I actually dive into this, I think it's important to note that the reason why I was going to get blood work was because my gynecologist was telling me like that my numbers for my hormone level, like the pregnancy hormone levels would keep on increasing. And so that initial test that I went and got done, it gave like a base number of where I was at. And then she told me that it should double within, what was it? Within 48 hours? Uh, yeah, I believe 48 hours. Or something hours. like that. It was supposed to double. And so she actually called me back and said, things are looking good. And that was, was that that Wednesday morning? Yeah, that, that was the same day. So the one that, that Wednesday morning when I actually miscarried, she said my hormones, yeah, the pregnancy hormone had doubled. And so things were looking good. So I feel like that Wednesday, I was like so relieved, so thankful. Like I called Ben, uh, we called like his mom and like my mom. And I told everyone like, hey, things... <laughs> things like seemed good like we're good like we're the the numbers are going up up and up and like everything's fine so now back to the actual evening so it's like well, I think it was like five o'clock roughly because I got home from work a little late that day yeah and so I was telling Ben I was I think I texted you saying like I wasn't feeling good and um sorry about that everyone I bumped a button anyway so back on track so that day um, again, I was re uh, recording an episode of the podcast, and for the first time throughout this whole entire thing, I started to experience really deep cramping. And again, like I was just spotting throughout all of this, and my gynecologist said it was kind of normal, like in the sense of like the spotting, it was super, super light. It wasn't even like actual bleeding. And so I just thought of it as like, you know, like all the articles say it could be normal and all this stuff. So I tried to keep a positive mind throughout the whole thing. But then that evening, it just felt different. And when I started getting extremely painful cramps and I was like buckled over and I stopped recording the podcast at the time. And I just remember like feeling not sick, but just feeling like something needed to just escape me. Almost like when you know you need to throw up. You know that feeling like before? Yeah. And like you need to throw up. So that was kind of the same feeling, but it was just obviously like not like I didn't have to throw up. Right. And so after I, I just felt like panicked and then I felt like something bad was happening. And so I did call you and like you were on your way home. Yeah, I was. Like, weren't you? Like I, I was started coming home and then I, you know, went to the drugstore. I was going to get, um. The heating know, pad. Yeah, like heating pad and any medication you might need. And yeah, then... but at that point, he didn't know. Yeah. Like, so I called him just saying, like, hey, Ben, like, I am not feeling good. I am having horrible cramps, and, like, I just, I feel sick. And then I actually had the miscarriage, and obviously I'm not going to go into detail about, like, all of that. Um, but it was just, I had this overwhelming sense of abandonment in that moment. And it was just extremely lonely, and I remember like just feeling kind of numb at that point like this is absolutely ridiculous and it it also came at such a horrible time and we'll get into that in a second but then anyway so after I actually miscarried our baby I called Ben immediately and then he was already at, at Rite Aid the drugstore yeah right there, I, I was there when pick, like called. trying to pick up stuff and so 
I don't like I called him in the store. So like, what was your experience getting that phone call? Me telling you like, hey, I think I actually like this time's like real because you have to keep in mind also the last couple of weeks, um, probably like two weeks was this whole like I think I was spotting bleeding for like a week and a half prior to me actually miscarrying. So right. It was a, quite a while, and um, like, what was your? And I always told held him like I'm gonna miscarry this baby. Like, what if I do? Like we had many conversations if you want to even call them that yeah prior to this and so what was your experience actually getting that me being like i think like this is actually like real um i'll say right off the bat i was you know had a bunch of stuff in my hands that i was gonna get and i just put it all back on a shelf and just walked out the door i got more you know my first thought was just to hurry home to you Mm -hmm. um you know on that drive home things kind of sank in a little bit and you know, I was absolutely upset. I was hurt. You know, I, I was, I, I felt angry, not at you, um, but like just angry that, you know, that God would take this away from us after giving us so much hope. And mm-hmm. it just kind of felt like, uh, it felt like it was a carrot that was dangled out in front of us and then just, you know, ripped away. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so like after, like when Ben finally got home, I called my mom and told her, like, hey, I think this is what happened. And then I think you called your parents. Yeah, I called my called parents. called his parents. And then I finally called the gynecologist because I was just like, I, I have no clue what to do. And they got me put through to Ben's shaking his head over here because my experience calling the the hospital, like, I had to call the gynecologist's office, but because it was after hours, they sent me to, like, the hospital. And... The doctor on call was not a nice man, and first, uh, people that are going through through this for the first time, um, you think that they would be a little bit more sensitive to your feelings and things like that, but... That was the exact opposite. It was the exact exact opposite. And so this man was just saying all these rude things about me and the pregnancy, and so, again, I'm not going to, like, bash people's names, but it just wasn't a good experience and so if that happens to you I'm sorry because obviously it shouldn't and again just trying to advocate for yourself is important which is something that I learned throughout this whole process and so after all of this happened again we like I tried to like figure it out I feel like for a couple of days after obviously things were just off yeah like it was off between us it was like, I feel like I was just off in general. I was extremely tired, like physically wise. I remember feeling, yeah, like overwhelmingly tired. I like was definitely depressed and I, like I was still bleeding. Like I feel like I miscarried, but then you still bleed for a while after. Yeah, like I honestly, while. and this may be t- like TMI, but I feel like I, I bled for almost like a month like straight from like like, like when before and after. I started spotting to having the miscarriage to after I feel like it was just like a month of bleeding which is like extremely like taxing on like my body yeah. in general and I feel like I don't know I don't know how people expect women to just like get back up and move on after like going through something like this thankfully I have an amazing husband <laughs> who did everything he possibly could like in his realm of being to help like us get through this but we definitely had our challenges of figuring yeah. out how to navigate this like this new what do you want to call it 
phase. Like, yeah, new step like in new, our lives. Yeah, new step. Like we, you know, we went from being super excited to being pregnant for the first time down to losing a baby and like both of us having zero clue on what to do, which is a part yeah. of why we want to share this experience. Yeah. Because then it could be an outlet for support for other people. Um, we have one close friends or friend couple, I guess you want to call them. Yeah. Friend couple. <laughs> there are a couple who are friends of ours. We have close friends who also went through something similar. Um, and so they helped walk us through it a little bit, which was good. I feel like having community with other people is very important when you're going through something like this. Absolutely. It yeah. helped me more than I can say. And I got to say, just do it, you know, find someone to talk to as quickly as possible because I waited. I waited, shoot, it was almost two months, I would say. Probably. Before I actually... Well, not two months, like a month. Okay, I can't tell time. But, um, yeah, before I actually talked to someone that, you know, that wasn't Kristen. Mm-hmm. And I just, I had been bottling it up until then. And to be able to talk to someone who understood it and, you know, who could relate to what I was feeling and just, you know, like kind of uh, tell me that, there is, like there is light at the end of the tunnel. It's gonna keep going, and things will get better. Mm-hmm. But just it, it was good. I I needed to hear that from someone else. Mm-hmm. And so after the break, we're gonna come back and just continue this conversation about our lives after the miscarriage. I have a few questions for Ben just regarding like the male perspective and how, like his experience. Because so, again, like in the intro, I remember. In the intro, I was telling people how the male perspective is not highly talked about. And so, obviously, I went, like, miscarried, but so did you. It's just, yeah. like, obviously, it was with my body, and there's it's a different loss for me, I think. Absolutely. It's also a different grief for me, because I had, the, like, on top of it, I had the physicality part of it of actually losing right. a baby. But still, like... Men, male in general, people, spouses, I feel like aren't talked about enough. So that's why when we come back, we're going to have Ben answer a few questions about just his experience in this whole entire situation. And so we'll be right back. Okay, for the next few minutes, I just have a few questions that like Ben and I are going to talk through and really hopefully give some insight into the male perspective with this whole miscarriage and grief stuff. Because again, my experience with the miscarriage is different than Ben's. And I don't think, it's not a bad different, but I have also, like I have to grieve and process actually losing a baby. Like it's physical for me as well as emotional. And it's really just emotional for you. Right. And so, but I think, again, like I said before, I think a lot of people overlook that and they are just constantly worrying about the woman, which like, I'm not saying like it's bad, but there are two people when it, like when it comes to miscarriage and miscarrying and pregnancy loss and things like that. It's not just the woman, it's also the man as well. And so then I think I just think that letting people in on your mind and your emotions would help other people who are also going through it. And so can you just like describe maybe some stuff that you were thinking uh, like after we like lost the baby or something like that, maybe. Honestly, yeah, for 
you know, probably the first week or two afterwards, I was in a pretty dark place. Um, you know, just struggling with the whole thing. I spent a lot of time feeling like I had failed, like I had done something wrong. Um, you know, I was the reason that this was taken away. Um, and, you know, just, I, I know that that's not the case. Like, that, mm -hmm. it's not my fault. It's not your fault. It's not anyone's fault. Yeah. But I still, you know, felt like I was to blame in some way and I mm -hmm. had to figure out why. Yeah. And I forgot to mention before, but like you were saying that you were in a dark place and I think it's really hard when we both, like... This may sound weird, so I hope that it doesn't come across weird, and I hope that people can, like, piece it together, because it's kind of <laughs> weird. But um, I feel like it's easier for couples, at least, I think, to tackle, like, traumatic things. Like, there has been a lot that, like, I've gone through in the last year with losing Brie and Dad, where you were there to, like, like, you were also hurting and grieving, but you were there as, like, a steady like rock, right. like you were able to help me process and heal and like go through this. But when we both went through, like, I feel like this is equally like yeah. our trauma. It's not just like Kristen's trauma and like, you know, there's side trauma for Ben. Right. That's what, this is what I mean by messy. Like, I feel like I don't know how to describe it well, but I feel like with this, we both had to try to take care of ourselves first yeah. and then whatever we had extra we had to take care of the other person yeah and i think that was difficult because like especially like the empath in me wanted to help you so bad but at the same time like i was also like grieving and processing and trying to take care of myself right and like i said before <clears throat> the reason why like the reason what made this miscarriage like 10 times worse than like i don't want to say like a different miscarriage, but it was because it was smack dab in the middle of the one year anniversary of losing dad, which was October 10th, and then the one year anniversary of losing Brie, which was October 19th. And so it, this happened on the 13th, literally right in the middle of two of the uh, most important anniversaries in my life currently, yeah. and it was the first first of each of them and so and then this happened and it felt like october was just this gloomy month of death where nothing was going right and like it was just so depressing like of like i was like i remember thinking like what in the world like why would god make us lose this baby now right like are you kidding me like i was so angry and so upset and so just like frustrated with his decisions to just take this baby now and I don't know. I just felt so angry. And so when Ben was saying like he was in a dark place, I'm sure like that was a part of it. And um, obviously I was in a dark place as well. And I feel like it was really hard for us to try to take care of each other and take care of ourselves. And it took us a while to figure it out, I think. It really did because, you know, I'm, I always tend to, to lean towards you to put you first. I want to help you before anything else. Mm -hmm. And just with how I deal with things, I just bottled everything up and pushed it to the side and, yeah, you know, not the healthiest of choices. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> we all do that. <laughs> but I think what happened was I also, so not only like, I feel like I was able to grieve, like I'm still grieving the loss, but I feel like Brie and dad's death and grieving those losses before helped me, what do you want to say? 
be able to be equipped with coping skills yeah. with losing this baby. Yeah. It, Things that you haven't had to, like, learn or implement yet. Right. You know? Does that make sense? Like, so I was, like, I feel like I was able to, like, think of it, like, more rationally, I think, of just being, like, well, like, this honestly sucks. I, it's not in my control, and, like, it's in God's timing. Yeah. Like, I feel like, I mean, again, I'm not trying to, like, make it seem like I didn't care that we lost our baby (laughs) by any means. No, definitely. Because, obviously, it was, like, heart-wrenching and really, really difficult to go through, but at the same time... Like, I just lost Bree and Dad not, like, a year ago, and, like, I feel like their deaths, like, honestly prepped me for losing this baby. And, again, it's not to say that I wasn't, like, heartbroken, but I feel like it did aid in my, like, I don't know, healing journey for this. And I feel like that's something that maybe that you lacked because you were very, like he said before, you kept everything in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there came a point a couple weeks later where, like, Ben... Oh, I just yanked on the thing. <laughs> Sorry. Where Ben, um, he would, like, come home and be in, like, an angry mood. Or yeah. he was snippy. Like, just things that weren't... Like, and I'm not saying he can't be in a bad mood <laughs> or he can't be snippy. I'm not saying that. But, like, like your personality was just off. Like, there was definitely something bothering you. And mm-hmm. when I asked... You would just like brush it off, and yeah. so we finally came. When you finally admitted to yourself that it was, it is bothering you, that like you're not I'm, I wasn't over okay. it. And that's not I'm over it either. But you're not okay. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good way to describe I, it. I wasn't okay at all. Yeah, and so at that point, then we finally like once Ben admitted to like himself and to me <laughs> that like you know he what do you want? I don't want to say needed help, but like you wanted to talk to other people. You wanted to like. You needed to get it off your chest because yeah, at that I, point I you really weren't talking to anyone. Right. Yeah. I just I, I couldn't keep it to myself anymore, mm-hmm. and I just I felt like I was gonna explode. I felt like something was gonna happen. Yeah. Because like I have a, my therapist. I talk about her all the time, <laughs> and so like I was able to t- like call her and talk to her about it and talk to my mom about it. And again, I feel like it comes down to that fact that like males in general, mm-hmm. men are just not thought of during. All of this. Right. Like, you're just not... I feel like people really don't check in on you. And I'm not... Like, he had people checking in on him. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I feel like, in general, like, I more... If I, I could tell people and people would kind of care. Right. I feel like, for men, it's different. I feel like they... Not that they don't care, but there's just not that sense of, like, support and community of being like, hey, like, I'm so sorry that happened. Like, can I do anything for you? Like, what's up? And I'm not saying... We have friends that definitely were supportive throughout oh, this absolutely. whole thing. But I'm saying, like, in general, I feel like women are definitely more supported in this. And so that was all just super, super messy. And I think one other thing is I want I want other people to know, like, what helped you? What helped you through this whole process? Um, for me, the biggest thing was definitely uh, just finding, you know, like I said before, finding someone to talk to. Uh, just someone to relate to, someone to to assure me that it's gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that was by far the the biggest thing for me, and then you know that combined with a whole lot of prayer. Yeah. Um, for like what? Uh, just understanding for uh, for patience, just uh, you know to kind of to guide us through yeah. what we're going through. Yeah. 
For sure. And, you know, I just, I, I needed to, to remind myself that this isn't just like a one-time deal mm-hmm. or, you know, God willing, it's not a one-time deal. Right. And uh, that, you know, this, it, it's not our only shot at having a child. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like it, it's hard because you think of it as like, you, I'm like just stumbling over my words now, <laughs> but like, you're right. It does feel in the moment like we, we lost it. Like, it's just like, I, I'm not the, like, obviously we lost a baby. I mean, like yeah. we lost our only chance yeah. to try. I feel like you, it feels like a very helpless and hopeless situation. Absolutely. And then, and like, you just, I feel like you can't look up during, like when it's actually happening and like the weeks after, I feel like it's not like, there's no There's no of bright hope. side. Yeah, no bright side. And so I think that's super just, super just? <laughs> Sounds like a grocery store. Welcome to Super Just, playing up on aisle seven. Anyway. I just took a turn. <laughs> we told you it was going to be chaotic and messy. <laughs> they were warned. That's but, true. um, yeah. Actually, you know what? I'm going to gather my thoughts, and we'll just take a break right now, because now I'm just looking at Ben, and I'm literally about to burst out laughing. So we'll be right back. Okay, friends, I finally calmed myself down enough from laughing. It was just one of those things where I looked at him and then I just started to burst out laughing and it was just going to ruin the whole segment. So (laughs) we're back. We're better. And anyway, Ben, is there anything else you want to add before moving on about just like that husbandly male role in this whole like miscarriage journey? Um, First and foremost, just like from the, you know, the point of the point of view of the husband, Try not to take things to heart too much. Like one thing that I struggled with a little bit when you were talking before, how you know it, they everyone always thinks of you. No, not many people think of the husband mm-hmm. in this case. If I told someone you know that we'd had miscarriage, that something had happened, probably nine times out of ten, the first thing that they asked was, "How are you? You know, how are you doing?" Mm-hmm. It, yeah. Isn't like you, Kristen. Yeah. And, you know, not saying they shouldn't, I'm, you know, don't want to steer away from that in any way. I am number one. You are. You are number one always forever. (laughs) But, you know, it's just one of those things like, well, like, I'm kind of telling you because I I need help with this. But, yeah, let's talk. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) And it's just, it's one of those things, you got to try not to take it to heart because, you know, it it is. It's a two-person thing. Mm -hmm. A couple times I would tell someone about it and then I would get jealous or selfish and, you, you know, for a little bit turn into an all about me thing and mm-hmm. get all bitter. And... Which, I mean, obviously, like, those, like, bitter and resentment, like, those things could be checked. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> yeah, see, that's something that, like, I don't, like, we can all relate to jealousy and yeah. bitterness and things like that. Um, but it's something that I feel like people, yeah, like, overlook when it comes to, like, this, like, miscarriage and pregnancies and loss and things like that. And... I think you are, like, you could feel that way, obviously. Like, if that's how you felt, that's how you felt. And I think it does, it aids into maybe allowing, what am I trying to say? Like, it allows you to figure out, like, when you need to speak up for yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, for God forbid, if this ever happens again, and then, like, you're still in this spot. Like, obviously, you're coming from a place of knowledge and experience. It probably would be a little bit better. 
But just like being able to advocate for yourself and being like, yeah, like, you know, she is doing okay, but you know who's not doing okay? Right. Me. Like, I'm not doing okay. I need to be like loved on and, right. and supported and held and cared for. Like, you know, like, yeah, no, I get that. Which, once again, like, don't, don't get me wrong, there were plenty of people that they, they did. They checked yes. in on me. Mm-hmm. And I appreciated that more than I yeah. can say. But the majority, I feel like it's yeah. the majority of people just don't think of it. They don't think of so, you. If it was someone that wasn't like super close with us. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah, I think we have a good group of friends who were very we really supportive. Did. Our families were supportive in it. And mm-hmm. so that was all good. I feel like we were, for the most part, taken care of and supported in it. I would agree. But yeah, it's just, the whole thing is for us to share this experience with other people because other people don't have that luxury of community and being blessed with like supportive people in their lives. And so again, that's why, that's why we're here. We'll be your support, right? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) We'll be your friends. We'll be your advocates. We'll be your mentors and your, you know, your best pals. So yes. And so obviously again, like my, my Instagram is always open. My I'll link my email in the show notes as well, and I'm sure Ben's. You can feel free to link mine in too. Yeah, we'll link Ben's Instagram in case any men are out there listening to this who want just to talk to Ben about his experience. I, I mean, I, you're talking about it now. Yeah, but just, <laughs> it doesn't even have to be this experience. So you just you know talk to any talk. Any questions? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Anything like that, and so Ben, I think what what do you want to say? I'm like losing my train of thought. Okay, here we go. Like I said, again, it's messy. It's as real and it's messy. Um, I'm in Keating under space. And yes, it's just different. It's really hot in this room, getting hot. We need to open a window, but we can't because the mic will pick up the traffic. Anyway, plus it's like thunderstorming out here. Um, advice to other people going through this. Like, what would you give any advice and how would that look? Um... I know I've said it before. I can't say it enough. Mm-hmm. Find someone to talk to. Yeah. Like just find a friend, you know, family member. Pray. You, mm-hmm. you know, God will bring you through this. Like, yeah. It's like I told you when we first started talking. Like the words I live by: If God brings you to it, He will bring you through it. Yeah. You know, it's just that it will make you will make it through. Yeah, it's in His plan. Yeah, and that's one thing like I'm doing better with now is. Um, you know, I'm, I'm more at peace with, like, I'm still upset. I'm still sad about what happened, but I'm more accepting of it, more at peace. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, it, it is a part of God's plan. There is not a thing I can do that will change that. Yeah. And, as, you know, it's one of those things, once you can, you know, kind of realize that, finally think of that, it, it really does help. Yeah. Well, it's hard because you have to give up the control. Oh, absolutely. It was To difficult. be like, oh, like you had, like, this is something, again, even just pregnancy in general, it's one of those things that you have zero control over. Yep. Zero. You don't know when it's going to happen, how long it's going to take, how it's going to happen, if it's going to stick. Like, you, no control. Right. And that is something that's very hard for me to do. <laughs> very hard. Losing control mm. is something that my mind... That I have to work on daily. And so trusting God, like, I mean, it should be easy to just to trust God. Yeah. <laughs> like, it really should be. Um, but it's just not sometimes. It's not easy to, like, have to go through, like, these darkness, like, the darkness and, like, the hard times and knowing that it's going to be for something greater and something better. Okay, I, want, so. I want to 
follow God's plan, but it really sucks that it's not my plan. <laughs> and it's really, it's like it's harder than the plan yeah. you get for yourself. There's no like shortcuts with God's plan. No, nope, there is like, not. He's like, ha ha, we're gonna, you have to do this, and it's just, yeah. I mean, there's definitely many times throughout this whole entire last year of just being like angry with God. Uh, accepting of God, loving of God, being like grateful for Him. I mean, you can go through all those emotions. We yeah. felt it towards God this year. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and and that's perfectly okay. I know some people say that you shouldn't get angry with God, but I feel like it's more important that you're always chasing Him and being honest and truthful with Him mm-hmm. about where your mind is at and asking Him all those hard questions, like why did you take your like our baby away from right. like us or I guess His baby. His child? <laughs> Multiple people's child. <laughs> anyway, but like, yeah, why Like, why are you taking our baby away from us? Right. Like, that's a hard question to ask. Like, of course you're angry at, like, this heavenly father that's supposed to give you all great things. Like, um, taking a baby away from us is not a great thing. But again, it's always in God's timing. So we just have to learn how to grow together and to trust him in this whole journey. And so hopefully soon we will be blessed with a healthy baby yeah. and we'll understand and not even that we'll understand but we'll just be rejoicing and giving thanks to god and i feel like another thing is kind of off track of the whole grief topic but i think it's important to discuss is like even finding joy even during this whole time like yeah. I, I think i ben obviously wasn't here for the recording of the intro and in the intro i was talking about how like i feel like God has gave us all these losses to help other people. And so that's a joy within the midst of this trial is, you know, turning it into something good. So us talking with each other and talking to friends and talking just here in the podcast for other people to learn and grow as well. I feel like that is something that is like a silver lining to this. Yeah. And that we need to like think about. Yeah. And so we're rejoicing now for an unfortunate I don't want to call it an event, like an unfortunate experience. There we go. Perfect. Um, But we're also going to be rejoicing in the future for our healthy baby. Absolutely. And so just prayer. So people out there who can pray for us, we are, we need prayers. We're always looking for prayers, but prayers that like a healthy baby, little baby Heinz will be on the way (laughs) soon and that we will be, get the opportunity to be parents and just live out that whole phase of our life together fantastic and so we're yeah we're really excited about that and after the break we'll come back and talk about just how the miscarriage affected our marriage and how it kind of pulled us apart a little bit for a couple of days like again this is all we're talking about this in length but it it only happened within a course of like two months yeah you know so like it did pull us apart for a little bit but then we were able to get closer and come together and figure things out and so we'll talk about that after the break so this really did affect our marriage like for worse yeah (laughs) like and for better um so obviously when it first happened again like we spoke upon this earlier how we like became recluse to ourselves I shut down. Like, I just went. Yeah. Down. Yeah. You did shut down. Yeah. I, I really. It's fine. <laughs> but I just, you know, kept quiet, kept to myself. Mm-hmm. Didn't really do or say much. Just come home, eat dinner, watch TV, maybe yeah. read. 
And I think it's hard. And I'm like such a talker, obviously, like I host this podcast. <laughs> and so it's I think it's really difficult for me. Like I crave intellectual intellectual <laughs> conversation. I, apparently I can't say that word though. And um, That's why she craves it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Rude. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> I crave stimulating conversation. Go. That's a good one. And and so not having been there to do that, it created this like distance between us for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Where it's like I don't know, like I felt like we didn't feel close to each other anymore. Like there was like this like divide. Like obviously we still loved each other and things yeah, like that. Absolutely. But like it just wasn't like our normal like it wasn't like relationship. This. Yeah. And so I think that's what, and obviously like I wanted that back. <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted it back too. I just, I was so shut down and numbed that I didn't even realize I was doing it. Yeah. You know, like she was saying, she wanted the stimulating conversation to be able to, to talk and work through things. And beat it to death. Like I wanted yeah. to just talk about everything. And I, I, everything for me became one word answers. Yeah. How are you it's, feeling? Good. Yeah. You sure? Yep. <laughs> and that's, it's so true, but like in that, in, in Blah. Stumbling over my words again. <laughs> when he does that, it makes me frustrated. Like, it makes me feel like he just doesn't care. He doesn't want to talk about this anymore. Like, why do I want to continue to talk about it? Like, and all these things. And I think it comes down to the fact that, again, we were in different places. Like, yeah. I was ready to talk about it very quickly. Yeah. I was ready to discuss it. I was ready to figure out how to, like, get back on track. I wanted answers. I wanted solutions. That's how my mind works. And I wasn't saying a word, so there's absolutely no way she could know that I wasn't ready. Yeah. I needed time. Mm-hmm. And I don't think... At that time, I don't think I even knew I needed time. Yeah. So that... And that's a good point, though. Like, he, he did just need more time to process. And without him... Uh, maybe being aware that you needed more time or just speaking up in general right. without communicating that to me, I was just getting extremely frustrated with him and felt like, again, that, that we were just like pulling apart. So this whole self-help and deep diving thing is still new to me. <laughs> well, we're constantly learning and growing. <laughs> and so that lasted for a couple of weeks, like I said before. And then it finally came like a breaking point where we were just like, okay, no. And then... I don't know. I it was like at the kitchen table when you finally did admit that like it, you were still hurting. Yeah, I think like you, we were eating dinner or something like that. Yeah, I don't know what like the how the conversation started or what like like catapulted it, but I if I remember correctly, we were just you know we were just sitting there eating dinner having little small talk awkward first date conversation. Oh, pause. Okay. That's what I remember. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, he's right. Like, he, so he also had COVID like a couple of weeks after like the oh, miscarriage. Yeah. And so he was home. Like we were both home. And I remember it was like all of our meals were just so incredibly awkward. Yeah. It was like, we literally didn't know each other. We had nothing to say to each other. And I remember just being like, I, I told you, I was like, this, this is not, this doesn't feel good. Yeah. Like, this, this is, this is not us. <laughs> Um, and so, sorry to interrupt you, but that's okay. yeah, when you said that, it reminded me like that, that actually, that happened for a couple of days. Yeah. Like it, we were just having one of those awkward meals where usually at this point we're just trying to rush the meal so we can go in and sit down watch TV and numb ourselves some more. Yeah. And I just, you know, out of nowhere, just like, I'm not good. <laughs> I need help. Yeah. This is what's bothering me. Yeah. Like it's one of those things like a light bulb just went off. I'm like, oh, 
this is what's going on. This is why I'm angry. Mm-hmm. I should probably let her know. Yeah, instead of boxing yourself off. Yeah, and so to me that's a big step. I actually said yeah, words. No. <laughs> He's not giving himself <laughs> enough credit. He's pretty good at this. But I feel like, again, everyone's going to handle this differently. And I feel like... I feel like you're also, you know, obviously you were grieving the loss yeah. of our baby and, um, like not even to like, I don't want to say like look down or put down your grief, but again, like you haven't lost someone too, too recently. The last person you lost that was super close was your grandpa, right? Well, I would say. Um, or Ian. Yeah, Ian. Ian. That was what, Which was his ago? best friend. Yeah, he yeah. lost his uh, best friend in a motorcycling accident. And so it's been a while, I feel like, and when... Again, like, I think that's, I'm going to circle back to it. I feel like I was already in this whole, like, you know, get better, let's heal, like, God's got this mentality when it happened. And yes, it sucked. Yes, it was painful. Yes, it was, like, extremely heart-wrenching. Yeah. But I feel like you just needed more time to process that and be like, okay, I am grieving this loss. Like, I don't know where my mind's at. I don't know where my heart's at. Like, I don't know how to, like, you have to, like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, learn a whole new skill like coping skills like a whole new set of them yeah because like up until this point any grieving i did could take like it was just for me to figure out i didn't have to figure it out to grieve yeah. with someone else that's a good point so i i could take as long as i wanted like when i was grieving for ian mm-hmm. i don't think i stopped like actually i guess yeah grieving for you know mm-hmm. uh it was probably six seven months i would say yeah it, it took forever before like it, it didn't hurt it didn't upset me mm-hmm. and I mean yeah we were dating at the time but you didn't really push me to to try and figure out you know further not saying it was your I, job to yeah and at that <laughs> point I, even at that point I hadn't I hadn't lost anyone no not yeah because he, he was 2016 yeah right? so I at that yeah I I I would lose the first person that I act that was actually close to me. I would lose two years later, and that was Pop-Up. Yeah. So at that point, yeah, like, I, how to heal, how to do this whole grieving journey thing, I had zero clue. I was not as self-aware as I was, <laughs> as I am now, as I was in 2016. Right. So, yeah, you're definitely right with that. You were on your own. And I think you made an excellent point of that, like, you are grieving for your, like, by yourself, but it is, like, it's it's us. Like, it's yeah. a dynamic. Like, like, we are grieving. Yes, we have to do it. And, again, like, we grieve together, but it looks different. Right. And I think that's the part, like, I think it's important to have that conversation with your spouse and, like, really, like, obviously it's going to take time. And so, like, it was meant to be however long it was for you to, like, you know, speak up and say, like, oh, yeah, Kristen, like, this is how I'm feeling. I need yeah. help. But I think it's important for couples to have those conversations because otherwise it'll just go unchecked and like it could lead to like fights and arguments and like just belittlement and all these things yeah tension and so i think it's super important that we just have those really hard conversations yeah yeah absolutely and so okay i had to take a mini break because i almost started to I started to tear up in things because it's just, it's a hard conversation to have, especially to a bunch of strangers. Yeah. And like, we talked about it again, like we think it's going to serve God's purpose to like help, you know, share our story and our journey and our experience, but it's not always uh, the easiest task. Right. So anyway, 
yeah, we had these little tiffs and like this tension between us after we miscarried and it lasted for like, I'd say two weeks, probably. I feel like even more. I feel like it was close to like, I feel like two weeks was just like us having like, I can't think of the word, but again, like these little tiffs and arguments. And then I think it was like two weeks of like any little thing one of us did it would just annoy the other one yeah like set us off and then that was when i started saying like talking about yeah. how it was bothering me yeah and then i think it's it's still there was you know that distance between us but that's when it started coming back together like on the up and up yeah yeah I, w- I would agree and some other conversations that we had so yeah but you're right things started looking up and we started just being a little more open with each other a mm-hmm. little more direct with how we were feeling ben finally was able to talk to his friend and just, you know, feel seen and heard. I feel like that's yeah. super important throughout this whole journey is to just feel seen and understood and listened to. turnaround for me. Yeah. And so it really did help Ben, along with praying. Obviously, I feel like I pray like I pray to God every single day, but during that time, like, I again, I was just saying how much I was angry with him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I felt like, when is something good going to happen? Right. Like, that's what it felt like. Like, I, we just... The whole year, it's just been... It's been rough. It, is, it has been. I feel like the last <laughs> two years have been rough. Yeah. I feel like, like, this isn't the episode for it, but we've also been through so much stuff together. Yeah. Like, we have, we literally, and like, <laughs> I understand, like, I'm not like, saying like, you know, other people don't go through things as well, but we have gone through so many trials as a couple, for- like... So many. Far more than either of us, I think, expected, especially at this point. Yes. So many hard things. So many losses. So many deaths. So many just, like, challenges and uphill battles that we had to, like, you know, fight. And then, like, and thank the Lord, like, because he, like, we just, instead of growing apart, we just grow, we, like, run towards each other each time. Like, we may have that little distance, but I feel like that's, like, a healthy thing where we... I mean, it could be unhealthy, but I feel like it's healthy. It's healthy for us for the for the for a little bit because I think we find our own footing to start and then run towards each other rather than just like running towards each other and getting angry and then running away. Right. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> that little like picture. Um. So that all happened, and I think that you know, just I think it really this whole experience definitely brought us together. It didn't really push us apart in any means. I feel like we're both on the same page of like wanting to try again and wanting to have that family and knowing that it's in God's plan and that it's just going to be on his time. And we both just have to pray for that and, and just keep this conversation going. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like we, it's hard to like, just say you're done and you're going to look forward to the next one because you don't know if that's like guaranteed, but it's definitely something that I think we're working through and it's just, it definitely brought us closer together. I would agree. Yeah. Absolutely. Just another one of those trials that we're, you know, doing together and with God. <laughs> and another thing I think is super important before we end out this episode is talking. I feel like we, what do you want to call it? Like our, our sex conversations got more open. Yeah. Especially after we miscarried because, again... <laughs> I feel like it, like the miscarriage allowed for us to have, like we already have decent communication 
I wouldn't even say decent. I think we have really good communication I think so too. compared to like some people that we talk to and things like that. Or like even compared to what we used to be. At. Yeah, like I feel like we we are always constantly working on bettering our relationship, our communication, like all of that. Yeah. And so, but I think it allowed us to have a better communication around like uh, sexual intimacy and that in general mm-hmm. because we had to really be open with each other about where we were at when finding out like. When can we try again? Right. Like, is there anything that we shouldn't be doing? Are there things that we can be doing? And, like, sometimes those conversations can be hard. Like, they're hard for me to have with you. Oh, they're definitely hard for me. But I think it's super important. I feel like people don't talk about this. And as awkward as it could be hearing someone talk about it, I think it is very important because, again, these are questions that I feel like many couples will have. Right. And so... This is just us being completely transparent with you that it did, it helped our marriage because you have to be very open with where you are emotionally. Like, and I think, like, I, again, I processed it and we're still processing it, but I was able to, I I wanted to try again as quickly as possible, but that wasn't the case for you. Like, you wanted to, you needed space, you needed time, you needed time to heal and, like, reflect on it and all of that. Which I did, but in like a short amount of time compared to you. And I had to get over a lot of fear too because I spent forever absolutely terrified that we would try again and something else would happen. Mm-hmm. And like I was still partially in the head like it was, you know, it was my fault. I did something wrong. I was being punished. Mm-hmm. You know, I brought this on us and I just, I was so scared of doing that to us again. Yeah. And obviously, like, it could, we could try, like, we could get pregnant tomorrow, and yeah. we could, we could we have another miscarriage. Like, right. And I should have mentioned this way in the beginning, <laughs> but, like, almost, I think it's like 50% of pregnancies end in miscarriage. Isn't that what you told me? Um, yeah, I think it's 50% of pregnancies and, like, 25% of people, like, women who know they're pregnant. Yeah, don't, like, quote us on those things, but it's a hot, like, I think it's, like, it's more statistics, like, one out of four, one out of three women, and, like, miscarriage is just something that is unfortunate, but that many, many people go through, but right. some people can talk about it and others cannot. Right. And I feel like for the people that can talk about it, that maybe are looking for references, like, this would be something, like, that's why I feel like God's pushing us to do this. Yeah. Excuse me. And so, that's definitely something... That, like, we had to talk about, and I think that, um, along with those hard, like, sex conversations, I think it's also important because you don't want, like, you don't want to feel pressured into something. Like, when I found out that Ben just needed time, like, at first I thought, like, he didn't want me, like, oh, like, I'm broken, like, I I didn't give him a baby, so, like, now I'm broken somehow, like, inside, and... Which I never thought once. Yes, I know. Like, rationally, no, I, yeah, I know no, that. Yeah, I know, I know. But, like, that's how I felt. Like, why doesn't he want me? Like, like it, like it, whatever. All those things. But that was just... But I never took the time until, like, we realized that, like, no, Ben does want me. He just needs time. Yeah. Like, he is grieving this way differently than I'm grieving it. And I have to remember that. Right. And so, again, I think it's super important that if you have gone through miscarriage or pregnancy loss or anything like that, that to give your spouse space and have those hard conversations about what it looks like to try again when you can like have the conversations with your like medical professionals and things like that right so to give you like the green light but just just be prepared for those conversations i think it would allow this whole it would aid in this whole journey moving forward and allowing it to be 
just a tiny bit simpler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think <laughs> I feel like it would, if we if we sat down in the beginning was like, hey, like this is gonna come up in the future. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it now, so we have a game plan. Yeah. It would have alleviated a lot of stress oh, absolutely. and arguments and fights. Yeah. So I think that's definitely something that we just came to realize, and I mm-hmm. think that would be help beneficial for other people as well. And so, guys, that's all we have. Yeah. I'm, I, I don't have anything else to add. How about you? Uh, no, nothing I can think of. So, guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Ben, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Absolutely. Yay, yay. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, you'll be hearing more from Ben uh, oh, on yeah. Grief Guidance soon. And so I just thank you so much for all of your support and just for taking the time to listen to today's episode. It's quite lengthy. Sorry compared to other ones we weren't anticipating that yeah. i guess if you just get us in a room together we just can't stop talking <laughs> um but anyway thank you guys for listening to today's episode and i hope that you have a great day happy healing Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Grief Guidance. It means the world to me that you guys take the time out of your busy schedules each and every week to tune in and listen. And if you guys need to reach out or talk to either Ben or myself, our Instagrams and emails will be linked in the show notes for you guys just as a reference in case you wanted to have those conversations or or wanted to reach out in a more intimate setting. And if you like the podcast please give us a like comment and share a review on apple Podcasts could mean the world for us to allow us to further the mission of normalizing grief conversations and this is the time where i would usually send us off with a prayer but my loving husband is going to do that for us today and so here he is